Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. Just a quick reminder, I don't know if you remember this, but we have writers that contribute to our website. Yes, Under we the do. writings tab, yes. at least once a week, we have a, a new written article by a group of guys that are all helping us out there, and they actually like writing for the for the brand, and we love having them. Every now and then, Paul and I threaten to actually write something as well, but we're quite busy. But I love the fact that we have that regular content on the website. That is in addition to the fact that we have the store tab where you can find my book, and you can find movies, and you can find blip shift shirts, which are there, and the jackets are still out. That's true. The jackets are there. And that has nothing to do with the fact that, of course, you can find this podcast, by the way, you're already here, the YouTube channels, uh, New and Old. It, yes. There's there's a lot. The website yes, is the hub. Sure. That's the whole purpose of it. In case you haven't been there recently, it's just let's find other places these two crazy idiots talk about cars. The website, everydaydriver.com, will get you there. Indeed. There is a new episode coming out for the TV season eight. We are back on the Motor Trend Cable Channel this Saturday, January 9, 2021. It is episode two. Todd and I realized that BMW had built a car the size of a Toyota Corolla. Mm-hmm. We thought, well, this is new. Yes. Now, we just talked about this last episode, but this Compacts episode is going to be released. This entire season, by the way, will be released shortly on Amazon Prime, so nobody will have to wait quite as long. Hopefully not. Hopefully yes. it's the Amazon battle, the mm-hmm. twice annually Amazon battle of getting our content <laughs> I submit, there. and then I chase. That's how it happens. <laughs> but we're going to work as hard as we can to release the whole season at once, all at once, and faster. But I will say, this Compacts episode, while at first glance you might not be like, whoa, those are interesting cars, we get quite ranty. Ranty, there's a lot of snark. We there's spread a, there's the a snark lot of commentary that is us just going off. Fred. Yes. Well, yeah, the reason we do these kinds of episodes is because we want to have a balance for each TV season. We yes. want to be true yes. to the brand of what people are shopping and actually driving and mm-hmm. buying. Mm-hmm. But then we want to have an adventure episode and we want to have something that is just crazy. And can you believe we got to do this kind of episode? So yeah, that way yeah, it yeah. makes a nice mix mm-hmm. throughout everything. And so this is definitely true to the brand. You got to know, we're curious. For sure. Yeah, BMW yeah, yeah. has this car. It's the 228i. And this is the base two series grand coupe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we were very curious and we realized it's about the size of a Toyota Corolla. So we paired it with a Jetta as well. And mm-hmm. that'll be the entire episode. And yeah. it was fun. I think it, it really turned out. Honestly, it was a good piece. We actually had, and I won't get into all the details. We actually had a surprisingly difficult shoot every now and then, you know, stuff just goes awry. This was a shoot where there were constantly dying batteries. And where did that piece of gear go? And why did this break? And we That's still right. got it through it. It was, it was, it was just weird. It was just one of those things where it was like, okay, so this is our hard episode this season. We still <laughs> right. had fun. And yes, we got quite ranty. I'm excited to share that, but there's other great stuff coming. We've got a C8 versus LC 500 episode coming. That's episode three. Episode four finds us on Pacific coast highway. Yeah. Episode yeah. five has the new. New Mazda Turbo 3 against a Golf R. That's a very surprising episode. Yes, yes. And also, we the C8's back. We, we've been chasing this episode for a while because we've driven the C8 now a few times. In fact, three times in the past like six months. Can't believe but it. what we haven't had the chance to do until episode six of this season is to put it against a really good competitor. We have C8 versus Cayman coming, and that's episode six. It's a big season. Yeah, we're very thrilled to, to share it all with you. Before we get into the car debates, there are a couple of topics of discussion here to start with, and that is Singer. Ah, uh, Singer. Okay. Thank you for building this. I mean, what a way to start the year by dropping this ACS on us. This is a 
it's my understanding, mm-hmm. a customer request. Mm-hmm. But if anybody thought that Singer wouldn't touch the rally slash safari kind of builds, we were wrong. Mm-hmm. They indeed have, and they have dropped on us two, as a matter of fact, specially commissioned rally style 911s. The thing that stands out to me, and by the way, yes, I love it. I watched the video. I'm obsessed and floored that they do this. Mm. But noting this, I watched the video thinking they have out-Porsche'd Porsche okay. because nothing is sacred. They're not Porsche, and so they can dive into anything, any sure. part of the car sure, sure, sure. and yeah, change yeah. it and still keep the goodness and keep mm-hmm. the flavor mm-hmm. while trying new things, making relatable shapes. Mm. But they don't have to stick to the, well, we've got the corporate recipe and we have to stick to various things that, you know, prevent them from making a design like this. Mm -hmm. Porsche actually did build their own 991 Safari, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the Porsche Unseen book that I did buy, of course. <laughs> no one is surprised. I had to have the book. It all, it all, honestly, I'm surprised that Porsche didn't release the book and just send you a personal email about, you want one. So here, I, here's well, your order yes, button right yes, here. Yeah, I had to have it immediately. Mm-hmm. And then at checkout, I thought, well, that's a nice calendar. I got to have that calendar too. Click. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> Spending money. Oh, man. But I, I saw that and it was interesting and good. Yeah. Yeah. But then Singer comes along and drops this on us from start to finish. It is a, a 964 underneath. But what yeah. I like is they overlaid to change the bodywork. Yeah. You can, when the clamshell hood and rear are open, you can see that 964. You can see the bones underneath. Yeah. But then this overlays over the top of it, changes the character of the car, but it modernizes it and keeps the classic part of the look in there too, which I really appreciate. The wheel arches are changed. The interior is different. Everything approaching this car is spectacular if you haven't seen the video mm. if you haven't seen the photos they're beating on this because of course we're saying well it's a singer it'll probably get parked in somebody's collection and never be seen again not the case apparently with this yeah. special commission the owner's gonna beat on it which i i embrace i welcome the automotive world and I, sorry i have to be the dissenting voice now the automotive world the automotive journalist world let me clarify has this extra undying love for all things porsche in general, yes, we know yes. so many journalists that just they can't get away from. And, and I'm not, I'm actually not insulting you at all, Paul. I'm talking. I, 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 I know your Porsche yeah, love, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I am amazed they are the brand that everybody just kowtows to. And I'm impressed, but I, I think the Porsche love's gone a bit insane. And I have to say about Singer, and there's one locally here in Park City, and it is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. The thing about the Singers that I will say I like, and again, we did 50 years of 911. I've driven them all. Okay, mm-hmm. I respect yes. them. I just. I don't connect with them, sure. really. Fair enough. But that makes me the real oddball as an automotive journalist. And I'm an oddball anyway, so it works out. But <laughs> so we're the, all good the, with the that. Thing, right? The thing about the singers, and I, again, I've seen some in person, they're so awesome in how well they're done. And I feel like if you haven't seen one before, when you see it almost out of the corner of your eye in a line of Porsches at a Cars and Coffee, it still stands out. And it stands out subtly as, why is that one better? Mm-hmm. Sure. In the case of this, I flat out don't like it. I think no it's kidding. goofy looking. No kidding. It's flat out oh, it unattractive, looks goofy looking, and I'm just going, no. I'm appreciating everything about the subtlety. Everything is bespoke. There's very little of the 964 left besides Fine. the chassis, the roof rails. But I do, I love what they've done. I'm going to go with big, big scoop of nope <laughs> on that. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm super impressed. Yes. I want to drive one desperately, but, uh, I'm glad the owner will bash on them and, and I'm glad this is, you know, happening. But what I think I like most about singer 
is the freedom that Singer has done for the entire automotive industry and made it okay to start approaching all the other cars to do this. Because what Mm -hmm. I like Mm -hmm. that they're doing is preserving cars and updating them and modernizing them and making them, of course, desirable. And this does bring up the entire discussion, which we'll save for another day, but that is the continuation cars Mm -hmm. that companies Mm -hmm. have started doing. And that is a, a good example is Aston Martin. So all those older DB cars are starting to be rebuilt or built new and sold mm-hmm. for almost as high of a price. The collectors who still own the originals are upset. Bentley's doing this as well. They release mm-hmm. a continuation something and it debates a, is it real? I think yes, because it was built by the company. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But B all these collectors who own the very high value cars say, well, it dilutes the value of our cars. And I say, I want to democratize that. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't done that to Cobras. Interesting. The original point. Shelby, the real ones. If you have a real one, it's worth serious money. Yes. But yeah. then there's all kinds of replicas yeah, that have not point. diminished the desirability or the beauty or the mm-hmm. exclusivity of owning that's a, very a real good point. one. Yeah. So I say, who cares? Let's continue to build these cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what Singer's doing, you know, now I'm thinking about the list of cars that aren't Porsche that I would love to see them mm-hmm. apply this to. I would love companies to begin and start out doing mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. I'd love it if it were. A little bit lower level, so we could I agree hopefully with that. afford one in our yeah, life, that, and it's not just a showroom thing. The problem with the singers is the unbelievable like amount of cost. You're right. Yeah. What What is that? I mean, look, I'll, this is crazy numbers for a minute, but you have a singer, bring 500 grand to a million to have a conversation. <laughs> oh, okay? Yes, yes. What's the $100,000 version of that? Correct. Done to, I'm just going right. to pick a car, done to a Nissan 240. Right. Yeah, you know, what's it, what's the sixty thousand dollar singer style Nissan two forty look like? Where are those? Because that's interesting to me because it democratizes that kind of thinking and build for the yep. rest of us. Yep. But it also preserves cars. Yeah, I see that. I see All that. those cars that you well, we don't know what to do with them. They're too you know, they're not good enough to be fully restored. Nissan did that for a while mm-hmm. with the continuation two forties and two eighties, I believe. Okay. And they were very desirable. Why don't other car companies start to investigate this or the car companies that don't exist, smaller companies, mm-hmm. to try to you know start this up and do this? I think there would be a market there. It preserves all those wonderful cars for us. That means new parts and updates and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's going to be growing with the proliferation of electric cars that might be soulless. Yeah, well, you have the ability to go backwards in time to those cars you really loved yeah, and yet update them. But then the company doing it, be it a singer or whoever, icon, the same idea, they don't have to worry about any of the regulation, crash testing, any of that kind of stuff. But they get to put their name on a car mm-hmm. and they get to make it all the stuff you loved about the old and yet all the new as well. One of, one of my yeah. favorite yeah. resto mod things I've ever seen, and it was in both of the Griot's cars we drove. That that actually that piece is on YouTube right now. We went to Griot's garage. We drove a Canopy 914 and a, a, an Eagle Speedster. Well, it's not actually Eagle Speedster, but it's very much in that it's style. It's inspired the okay? Eagle. So an E-Type in that style. One of the things I liked about those cars, and Richard Griot's done this to a lot of his cars, is that they maintain the uh, the window handles. Oh, yeah, Inside, because sure. that's how it looks like. But when you push it down, that's the window switch. I mean, that's a hot rotting trick, really. Totally, More totally, anything, absolutely. Yeah, if you push, it, push the window, window roller down, that's just the window switch. It's just a big window switch on the side. I love that kind of stuff. Or you have the, and I know I'm not saying anything that nobody else has done. It's fairly common, but I love this kind of stuff. You have the, the front face of the stereo that looks like it's a, oh, it's the original stereo, just really, really well cleaned and preserved. 
No, it's a nice Bluetooth Apple CarPlay thing back there. It just looks like it fits. That kind of stuff I find really cool. Yeah. No, I, I agree. As a matter of fact, we've noticed Richard has a real eye for doing this kind of thing. He debuted his ESO Revolta at SEMA yeah, two years ago now, I guess. And, yeah, SEMA uh, didn't happen two, technically last year. So yeah. Two SEMAs ago. But it was an incredibly show-stopping car. Yeah. And his idea was to take the ESO Revolta. You've probably heard of the ESO Grifo, which is more the sports car. The Revolta was never a gorgeous car, but they built 300 of them. Mm-hmm. And he did all the hot rodding tricks to this, but they were so subtle. So for the wheels, he had this idea to enlarge Mira wheels. Mm. Mira, Lamborghini Mira wheels are 15s, but he thought, Good let's grief. do 17s, scan it, enlarge it, cut new wheels. They don't exist. They're brilliant. <laughs> they exist on it, that car. They really do. It's crazy. And it turned out that the design, he's really got a good eye for that. He does, so, for sure, yeah. Uh, just amazing. So I, I love that Singer is proliferating this and sort of giving the rest of the car community permission to go do this. Mm. We all know that Icon does it at a high level. Singer does. Yeah. You know, all these car companies that have sprouted up doing it at a very high level, which is, you know, that's great for the people who can buy them. Mm-hmm. But I, I say, how about companies doing this at a lower level? And I like that, that idea. Really interesting. Speaking of mass-produced cars, what do you think of the new uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee? I am impressed that they've positioned themselves, especially in the SUV buying craze that continues, mm-hmm. that gets mm-hmm. ever larger, that they've really now positioned themselves really well. I think it will sell. I'm still warming to a few interior <laughs> design cues, I Is guess. Is there a design video coming here, Paul? Are you going to have to fix something? Is that where we're headed? Well, maybe. Now that you mention it, maybe. I just don't know if it's a, is an interesting car to, to do the fix. Have they ever offered a seven-seater? I don't think they Not have. Not to my knowledge. Yeah, the seven-seater of, Ch- of the Grand Cherokee is the new twist here they're going to make. Let's be honest. It's going to compete with the big seven-seater Suburbans and Tahoes and that kind of stuff, even though it will probably still be slightly smaller than those. Slightly smaller, but, but everybody's got to nice have for them. Everybody's got to have seven seats. I mean, Land Rover's been shoving seven seats in the things that really shouldn't have them forever, so there definitely is a market for it. Well, I think the, the positioning for that vehicle is against the BMW X7 and the forthcoming mm-hmm. Audi you know, whatever the sure, big sure, one is sure, from yeah, Audi, yeah. I know they're going to be offering a, a you know one that's even bigger than the seven, and uh, the Q7 will probably be the Q9. The Q9, I'm yeah. sure it'll be that. Where, what's the Q10? Anyway, forget it. Moving on. Yeah, semi truck that just about yeah the thing. So. <laughs> it's like you know the the big Volvo SUV, <laughs> yes. the big Volvo semis. It's that with the four rings on the front. Yeah, it's that for sure. Yeah, welcome to the new Q10. I'm I'm warming to the Jeep. It's interesting. I think it'll sell because it's large and because it does have that Jeep history. But I. Mm-hmm. I think from a product planning standpoint, it's a brilliant move to have it created, to, to come up with a design brief. Mm-hmm. Let's design it. Let's build it. But, uh, wow, do we need a giant Jeep? Did the world need that? Well, but but here's the thing. We keep having conversations about everybody's next thing is bigger than the last one. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and and then we have all the the five physics classes that are going on apparently at every automaker where it's just what's the largest thing we can make and how crazy can we make it go fast and it'll sell it's it's nuts isn't it it's Bring a crazy that. new world when your car needs new brakes and it will it's a great time to upgrade for better stopping power we're excited to partner with Power Stop Brakes for an easy way to get more performance for something you already need. PowerStop is on a mission to deliver better brakes on every vehicle in every situation, from daily commuting to towing to track days. These are bolt-on, direct-fit parts for better braking with no modifications required. Every PowerStop Complete Brake Kit comes with all the parts you need to upgrade your brakes. That includes the pads, rotors, and even those little clips and fasteners. 
Plus, all their pads are made from a carbon fiber ceramic compound, which they've tested extensively to deliver low dust and noise-free performance. So the next time you need new brakes or simply want to upgrade, visit PowerStop.com and enter your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use car finder. Todd and I even found great kits for our SUVs and cheap sports cars. Give your everyday driver the easy and affordable performance upgrade it deserves at PowerStop.com. We've got some cool car debates here. Thank you guys for all your letters and writing to us. We're inundated with car debates. But what I do want you to take away, if we are not able to get to your debate, I hope that putting your debate down on paper or on an email, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just to see your own words about, is that what I want? Is that that really what I'm looking for? Hopefully will help you think differently and just serve as a foundation, a guide Mm -hmm. for your own shopping. We'd love to get to everything. There's so many emails that we'd love to get to, but uh, unfortunately we can't. But continue writing because you guys have great stories. And sometimes you've sold a car, moved on, and you're ready for something else. That's and okay we too. do read them all. One of the two of us reads everything you guys send. We and of course, do. We, and, and as predicted, it was great. We got inundated over the holidays. Everybody had time to just kind of think about their <laughs> right. car situation. Right. Which is kind of funny also because all of our normal, our other business, because it's all one big email, all of our normal business, which is you know back and forth with manufacturers and planning cars and doing shoots, all that dies for a couple of weeks. But right. everybody listening, you yes. had time now. It's funny. You got away from the family. You had a minute to go, wait a minute, what do I want to do about a car? So all these great emails came in. It's wonderful. I'm glad we're working through them. It's going to be awesome. This is Sean writing to us in Southern California, and he's trying to figure out, should the disease win? (laughs) He says uh, he's writing because he's got a a problem here. But good news, the first step is admitting it. You're right, Sean. He's trying to decide whether to embrace it or tough it out for the next few years. (laughs) I love that. Sean, what do you think we're going to (laughs) say? Let's just start there. Sorry, go on. We've had many emails where... Guys, my wife thinks I'm insane. Mm-hmm. And yep. then blast. Yep. yep. It's, it's so funny. Sean's has had several cars for the last several years. He's been getting a new car, a new, new to him. New yes, a different car every year. Every year. Yeah. He has convinced himself that it's okay. <laughs> he doesn't do too badly. He says, I'll either break even, you know, less cost to insure and fuel and maintenance. Or maybe he'll lose $1,000. You know, not bad considering no, everything. Not at all, yeah. He just thinks of it as paying $1,000 for the experience of it all. Mm-hmm. However, recently he has hit a brick wall. He and his wife had have had twin girls, which necessitates changes. Now, by the way, the sentence, we had twin girls and it necessitated some changes, is a staggeringly awesome understatement, Sean. I just, that is fantastic. <laughs> we went from no kids to two twin girls. Huh. Our cars are not going to cut it. His his wife had a three series wagon she really, really liked that they had bought right about the time she got pregnant, mm-hmm. thinking yes. this will be your mom car. <laughs> now it's twins. They promptly, after only eight months, sold the BMW, got her a Subaru Ascent mm-hmm. because they thought we must go bigger. And then he actually unloaded what he was in, which was a Model 3 that he was loving, Tesla Model 3. But there was money and value in that car. It was like twin girls. Well, he did that because they had kitchen remodels. Like, hey, we're pregnant. We're having twin girls. Let's remodel the kitchen too. Uh, exactly. We Why not? We should get a dog Let's, while let's we're do at it all. Let's do it. By the way, what I think I've told this story before. When I was working at New Line, mm-hmm. my boss, who is the one credited on Lord of the Rings films, and I am not. Side note. But anyway, my <laughs> no boss. No bitterness there. No, not at all. Apparently. My boss, um, when he and his wife got pregnant, they got pregnant pretty late in life. They were both in their 40s. Mm-hmm. And this was going to be their only child. And they just thought, we want our child turned to be a girl. We want her to grow up with a dog. Okay. So they had a girl mm-hmm. and got a puppy 
within about a month of each other. Oh, my gosh. I don't think that man slept for a year. Don't do them at the same time. I understand you want them to coincide, but don't do them at the same time. It's just an extra body. It's just an extra little one that doesn't know what to do. It's going to pee on everything. It's really all you've done. I honestly don't think that man slept for a year. I have never seen him look so haggard. as like the first 18 months of his daughter's life. It was just like, I got, I, I got a job. I've got a wife. I've got a, a little girl, and I've got a puppy. <laughs> Somebody needed to always be talked off a ledge, walked, or fed at all times. Seriously, I think he really needs to reconsider his decision-making paradigm. Mm, yes, definitely. How did he arrive at that? Well, Sean says after he got that Model 3, they sold it for this aforementioned kitchen, kitchen remodel, which was the most expensive car he'd ever had. He bought a six-speed manual Subaru Crosstrek. Okay. So now here's the image. They have an Ascent and a mm-hmm. Crosstrek, Subaru family in the garage. Mm-hmm. He bought the Crosstrek because he'd owned one before and thought it would be nice to use when he went camping. I'm telling you. <laughs> I do it too. I'm pointing fingers at me. Yeah, yeah. When you buy a car, you have visions of what my life will become. Yes. If I have this car, I'm going to do all these things. It happens. Maybe you will. <laughs> Maybe you won't. Maybe. Well, now he doesn't do much camping. He admits <laughs> the twins are nearing two years old and they've eased into the groove. They got the cross track and the ascent without a real understanding what they were in for. But now <laughs> they know what life with toddlers is like. Yes. Neither of them likes the ascent very much. It's a question for another day. That's a car debate for another day. Mm-hmm. Clearly, We'd love yes. to get rid of it and get a Cayenne. Bravo. Brilliant. Okay. All right. It's a lease. They're keeping it for another 20 months. They're going to they're keep it until the lease is up for sure. Yeah. yeah. So the question is, should he go back to his old ways of getting a new car just for the fun of it? He says the Ascent works for you know people carrying, family road trips. The Crosstrek is very blah. He <laughs> describes the gearbox as trash, the clutch as a sponge, and barely enough power to get off the line. He says it's dependable, comfortable, nice ride height. He actually likes the styling, but overall, it just doesn't light his candle, Yeah. even though it's his second one. Yeah. But he said the first one was his Yosemite car. I mean, I get the impression that you bought this because you'd used it as your all-purpose camping vehicle before, and now you realize this does not fit my life. <laughs> yes. He's now endlessly browsing Bring a Trailer and Craigslist, and he says, I should get an E30 or maybe a Miata RF or an E46 M3. He just doesn't know. <laughs> just, he's just working his way down the greatest list. These, list yes. these cars are awesome list. It's just going down. It, yeah. So should he let the disease take him, sell the Crosstrek, and try something new, something more fun? He says he needs four seats, but he really only needs two. It's that, it's that question behind the question. You know, somebody yeah. asks you a question, you think, is that what you're really trying to get out? Yeah. What are you really trying to ask me here? Mm-hmm. He says, I really just need two seats. He drives up to the Bay Area about twice a month from Southern California, so he needs something more comfortable and reliable for a five-hour road trip. Okay. But other than that long trip, every other week, he just putters around town, he yearns to car up the canyons. And he lives like that. in Southern California near, like, Icon Roads. Yeah. The Caneo Valley area is in near Malibu. You've got Decker Road, Stunt Road, Payuma Road. These are fantastic roads that he Agreed. used to be on them all the time. This is, <laughs> this is the, tool, the reverse tool for the job problem. Yes. You went so far into tool for the job for I have twins and oh my gosh, what just happened to my life? Which is valid, by the way, Sean. I what own did a happen? But now you're going, all of the stuff I used to do around here in this area in my backyard, I can't do any of it because the cross track's terrible doing that stuff yeah. and the ascent's not designed for it. So the parts that he loved about driving are now gone. 
I think, Sean, we have to get you something else or possibly swap out the, the cross-check, which is actually the discussion. The discussion is, do I sell the cross-check and get one do-it-all mm-hmm, that is mm-hmm. the fun car, will do the road trips to San Francisco, and also can just handle my dad needs? Or do I keep the cross-check and shop cheaper and get the sheer fun car? Sean says his budget would be about $25,000, perhaps stretched 30 perhaps, yes. He wants an M3, but he's toyed with this idea, as you said. Keep the Crosstrek, get a cheaper, fun car, and keep the Crosstrek around mm-hmm. for the road trip thing, and just in case he needs an extra car to haul the kids. Mm-hmm. He's thought about E30s, a well-loved 996, Boxsters, Z4s, a Civic Si. If he went that route, he says he would have eight to $10,000, perhaps stretched to sixteen to eighteen for a 996. Never proper. give stretch dollars to Paul. I'm stretch just saying, dollars. I like never that. Never give stretch that dollars. Down. Yeah. Stretch dollars. <laughs> That's the new thing that goes with the Paul Limiter. Like that. Paul Limiter and stretch dollars. <laughs> Sean also writes to us with his car history, Volkswagen GTIs, a Mini Cooper base. He had an 04 BMW 325i with a Dynan Stage 3. Okay. That, he said that was seriously fun. He I'm sure it was. Yeah. Europe. What else? Uh, a couple of Honda Civic SIs, Acura Integra. He had that Tesla Model 3. The earlier Crosstrek, mm-hmm. the second Crosstrek, Crosstrek number two. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> Sean, I've decided that you have given yourself and us zero reasons to keep the Crosstrek. I'm not mm. trying to be hard on you, but mm. I'm not really hearing valid reasons to keep that Crosstrek. You're saying, well, maybe it's just kept around for the road trip car. No, you're not. Whatever you get, mm. you're going to justify up one side and down the other reasons to take the new car instead of that janky old Crosstrek. The Crosstrek's going to sit most of the it time. I agree with sit you. It yeah. will sit and therefore cost you money. Mm-hmm. My grandfather never, he said, never own something that eats while you sleep. Oh, I like that term. That's good. I've always remembered that. Like, you know, Except horses. that Sean has twins. Well... <laughs> They're not eating while he's sleeping, but still. Who knows? Family. Yeah, anyway, yeah. (laughs) Who knows? So I think it will become an albatross if you keep it to insure it, to maintain it. Mm -hmm. The tires will flat spot. It'll sit outside. It will become mournful. Get the money out of it. I say get rid of it because I'm not hearing love for the Crosstrek. Not at all, yeah. I'm hearing slush and trash and garbage and blah. Things he doesn't like. Yeah, for sure. Frowny face Mm -hmm. with the Crosstrek. Yeah, yeah. So get rid of it. Get it out of your life. You've owned two. You know what they drive like now. Mm-hmm. I think we can check that box. <laughs> I've driven. Cross-trek driven. Check. I was just thinking about the value you could place while dad is doing burnouts and your two girls are giggling in the back. Mm. What is that worth to you? We're building memories. Building smoky building. memories. I'm not yes. saying go get yourself Dodge Challenger or you know Hellcat anything. Not saying that. We're not saying don't, though. Yeah. I'm not saying don't, but yeah. I desperately want you to have a Toyota Super 4-cylinder. Mm, okay. You can't really buy them stretch used dollars. right now. Stretch dollars. But because we have stretch dollars, <laughs> <laughs> I have decided that I want you to look, at least sniff around a Toyota Super mm-hmm. 4-cylinder. Okay. Now, it w- would be a brand new car, but again, you said, you know, what if I go back to this? If we're going to do the, let's go back to the new car, and the, well, I lost a little bit of money, insurance, and yeah, tax yeah. title license, all that kind of stuff, meh. I would love you commuting and enjoying Canyon Roads in a Supra. You said you only need really two seats, but I don't think you should get that car. I mean, I want you to have it, but I don't think you should. Okay. It's All a little right. bit out of your budget, yeah, yeah. but you have two girls. I want them both along for the ride. Okay, good for you. So I thought about BMW M2s, 40-ish. 
40-ish. We're talking about stretch dollars. We're stretching the dollars. Stretching the dollars. Yeah. So I backed off to a 240i, and then I found a 2016 M235i. We've recommended this car mm-hmm. for many situations. That's good. That's good. For $27,900. Okay. In that volcano red or whatever they call sure, it. Sure, yeah, yeah. It's great looking. Yeah. I think you would really enjoy it. You've had BMWs before. You have experience with a 2015 BMW X1 lease. Mm-hmm. You have your aforementioned 325i with a dine-in tune. Yep, yep, yep. So- I'm thinking, how about let's go back to something that you do know and love, mm-hmm. and let's get you a two series. Let's get you something that is fun, rear-wheel drive. They're excellent on track. Mm-hmm. We have beat the snot out of them on the Nurburgring. <laughs> You're right, we have, yeah. And great for road trips, and you can take both girls. The nice thing is, it's still kind of a fun, sporty car, mm-hmm. two doors, mm-hmm. but it's got the back seats for the girls. I see it. I and do they see can it. go long. Yep. And you probably can do burnouts. You can probably get all slidey in that thing. Of course you could, yeah. And the giggling of your girls <laughs> in the back while dad's doing burnouts. Just think of the stories 20 years from now. Yeah, my dad did burnouts. That's what I grew up with. What, what I want to hear is Sean telling the story to a neighbor where he's like, yeah, the girls just can't get to sleep unless they take them drifting. Wait, I'm sorry. What now? Excuse me? What's that? <laughs> well, you know, I got this new car. So that's what I'm thinking about for you. Okay. 27-ish, 28 is, I think, the sweet spot for you. I don't think you really want to go 30, so I'm, I'm behaving, and I'm – I'm back to the two series again. I like that car for you. Interesting. Automatic, okay. manual. They're they're all for sale. The two thirty fives have really come down. Yeah, they have. They're which good makes though. it nice. Yeah, for sure. They're for sure. I like that. Sean, I'm going to unpack this two different ways. I am going to unpack it as keep the cross track and get rid of the cross track. And here's why. There's really? something there's something you haven't said here. Keep the cross track is confusing to me. Because I think the cross track should go. However, what you haven't been clear about is which of the two options would your wife prefer? Follow me. Would mm-hmm. she prefer you had a four-door, four-seat additional car in case you need to do family duty, mm-hmm. and she's okay with you guys having a third car that can be fun? Would she prefer that scenario, or would she prefer that you only had a single car and it is slightly less usable than the Crosstrek? She has an answer. I am certain. <laughs> Okay, I see what you're doing here. So my question that, that you have not defined is which of those is less of an issue for you guys as a family? If she's like, get a third car. I don't care. True, that goes unmentioned in the email. Exactly, exactly. Which is why I have, which I am keeping. Look, I don't want you to keep the cross track. I don't. But that's there. It's a known thing. It works. Yeah. So my feeling is, if if getting rid of a car like that concerns your wife. But having a third car, fun car, doesn't at all go that route. I can't imagine keeping it would be on her list because it's an Don't extra know. insurance cost. I hear you. I hear Tires, you. maintenance, gas. Yeah, I get it. It sits there. It. it takes up space. Totally. It doesn't drive well and nobody wants to drive it. She doesn't. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. So why keep the I, – I agree with you. I'm applying logic though. I, yeah, I agree that doesn't you. always well, but, but there's But we have this conversation that is the, – the twist here is always the family dynamic that we don't know. True. And True. And – you know, it might not make sense, but just what keeps everybody calmer and happier? You have twin girl toddlers. Let's let's go the path of least resistance, what is my friend. The recipe that keeps everybody calm. Yes, never in the history of calm down has ever anybody ever calmed down after being told to calm down. Yes, but you know, you know, honestly, look. Clearly, I talk a lot. Clearly, <laughs> my son talks even more. He does. But my big issue with my son is just be quieter. I don't care that you're talking, but stop no. yelling. Why is there so much yelling? What? What? We're not even angry. We're not even angry. We're just everybody's yelling. 
This is we don't know what Sean's issue is. In my house, it's just like stop the yelling, just just quieter. He's I eleven. He, he's eleven. He still doesn't have a volume knob. I don't know what he happened. He really doesn't. He has no idea. He will stand next to you and laugh as loud as he can. And now my ear is bleeding, and I'm like, I love you, but that hurts. Stop the yelling. <laughs> so my point here is, Sean. What I don't know what your issues are at home. So. First off, if you kept the Crosstrek, spending roughly ten grand on something sheer fun, the obvious choices are get the most MX-5 Miata you can. You have BMW history. You might enjoy a Z4. Obviously, I'm proving that they're like crazy available for ten grand or so. You could get yourself a little over ten grand, ten to fifteen Honda S2000. You have Honda love in your history. Yeah, this is you if would, he keeps the Crosstrek. This is if he keeps Crosstrek. The only place I am right now, but I'll do the other one in a minute. Okay. And then, yes, you could get a Boxster. You get a nice Boxster for ten grand. But in all of these scenarios, Ish. with the Boxster, with the Z4 especially, be sure you have money set aside to fix, to fix the stuff that it needs right away. Don't barely get into one and then be frustrated because it broke. They're going to be cheap and old. They're going to need stuff right away. So budget for that. If you keep the Crosstrek, however, I would prefer you went the single car option. Twenty-five to thirty grand to spend. It's healthy budget. Yeah, single car with back seats. Yeah, that's what we're dealing with. So first off, depending upon how soon you're shopping, I'm wondering about the new, not yet released, but very much out there, BRZ86. What's that going to be? Okay, because the at current this point, one, Toyota has not dropped their new eighty six. Right. Because the current one has surprising amount of space in it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the one thing that everybody's talked about is wish this had more power. Guess what? The new one apparently does. Yeah, new yeah. they're going to be twenty five to thirty. Yeah, rear wheel drive, all that performance. That might be the right car for you. But it, taking that aside, you like M threes. How about this? 2010, 2011, 2012, That round, I go there every now and then. The BMW 335iS, the almost M3 with the turbo. That car looks classy, handles well, has a back seat. That's my alternative to your uh, M235i. The 335iS is a great call. You know what you'd get new, Sean? Brand new. Supras. Veloster N. Ooh, Veloster N. That's a good good. dad car. And while I'm in good dad cars, my favorite, it's my wild card only because of cost. My favorite for you is you have Civic Love. Get yourself a Type R. Be the happiest dad on the block. I was thinking about that, but it came off my list just because it's 40. They're, they're going to be 38 to 40. I know. Which is up there. That's why it's a wild card And there's for me. wing. There's there's wing. Okay. I mean, and I like the wing. I can see the, the wing. wing. Yes. The girls would like the wing. Mm-hmm. No, my dad's car has a wing. Yes, for sure. But, you know, it just kind of They'll just point and say days. wing. It'd and, be great. Yeah. you know, what will his wife say? Like, wing. Of course she was. But 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 honestly, if you're going to balance out the Subaru Ascent in the garage, the, the Civic Type R balances it pretty well. Oh, I like that. But anyway, so I think that's a wild card okay. for me because of cost. I think if you wanted to go brand new hatchback, you can't fight off the Veloster in. Yeah, it's always good. Guys, thank you so much for your emails. Please write to us. Whatever's on your mind, send us links to cars you found. That's always incredibly funny, entertaining. Topic Tuesdays, car conclusions especially, and definitely your car debates. Just remember, a dolphin gets run over by a jet ski every time you don't use grammar. Our second car debate comes to us from Sam writing to us from Chicago, Illinois. He is looking for a road trip car. He's recently found the podcast, but he's working from home now, and he's actually found time to listen to podcasts, and he's been rocketing through them. Yeah. And he stumbled cool. across ours and went, what a pleasant surprise. That Whenever I'm a pleasant surprise, I consider that a good day. So, Sam, <laughs> thanks for joining us. That's very good. Well, Sam normally wears out his passport. But he's been getting into road trips lately. He might be doing more in the future. So he writes to us, having had a 996. This email says, he's driven it halfway across the country. 
but now currently has a Mini Cooper S and has also driven it across the country. Okay, good. I like it. On the last trip, while attempting to pass some semis, the Mini became the little engine that could, at best, almost did it. (laughs) After 80 miles an hour, there's no more pop. The pass took forever, he says. Mm. Let him down. Not enough power. Sam lives in Chicago. Street parking. He's six foot two with a twenty-eight inch inseam. So that means he's all torso. He may have more torso than I do. That's yeah, a lot of torso. That's a my lot friend. of torso. Yeah. So he's looking for something with the headroom and good seats. The nine nine six and the S have both, which is good. Good visibility. Something he can park on the street and not really worry about. Mm-hmm. Road trip. He says, put a GT car in here if you want. Okay. And it's got the power to pass on the highway and handle on and off ramp quick adjustments. It's got to be daily. And as it stands now, he can only have one car. Now, he didn't give us a budget. I'm suspecting 25 to 30 here. What's your take? I'm going to use stretch dollars. Of course you will. Yeah. Nobody's because surprised. of the car that I'm recommending, because I, I think he will love it. Okay. And it okay. will turn invisible while it's parked. And then while moving, I think you will. it'll turn Good. heads. I think you'll love it. See, this it's is the car. This is the key thing about this, Sam, is I think that the key issue, the key sentence that I read here is you want to street park it and not worry about it. Yes. That sentence took a ton of things off my list. True. I would think it would take a 996 off the list, but you had one. I think it takes a lot of stuff off the list. I, I'm going to start with the most flamboyant choices I made, but I think I think they're going to be okay street parking because they they stand out, but it's not absurd. Get yourself a C6 Z06 Corvette. That's that's flamboyant and it is sticky. But it's, but it's older now. Crazy fun to drive. You can road trip that car like crazy. We know it'll fit a guy yeah. as big as Sam. That's not an issue. That, that's a pretty hot looking car just sitting still. The Z06. It is yes, but it's pretty but angry. I, but I, you park a Z06, or I, I hate to say it this way, but think about it this way: if you park a Z06 at a Mustang. And a Porsche on the block. There's a potential that the Z06 will get the least looks of those three. Maybe. It's still an imposing car. It's an imposing car. But I think think that's right on the cusp of being able to be parked on the street and not be bothered. So C6 Z06, I think, does everything for you. It has plenty of room, great road tripping. I think you would enjoy driving that car every single day. So that is my first thought. My second one in this same category is the Genesis Coupe. Genesis Coupe, okay. With the 3.8 okay. liter V6 okay. in that. That's got good power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are cheap now. They're very cheap now. They were pretty reliable. I, I actually, over time, like the first-gen styling better than the second-gen, but either one. Decent seats. We've road-tripped them before ourselves. Mm-hmm. Good power. Don't get the 2-liter turbo. Don't do that to yourself. You would think turbo on that car. you think turbo's the one to get. No, no not don't get yet. that engine. Yeah. So uh, the, the gearbox is good, not great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I also think that car, while it might get a little bit of notice on the street, is not going to get bothered. It's not like a, whoa, what is that doing here? Hmm. So the Genesis Coupe is my other one. I, I really like I really like the, the Z06 C6 for you, though. I think that's a great one. If you want to go more stealth than both of those, I have one other thought for you Okay, that I think is the ultimate stealth car. Okay. Get yourself a Chevy SS. <laughs> Nice Mala what? Nobody no one will care. If in fact if you really want to go stealth, don't get a color. And I as you know, I'm gonna always say get a color. True. Get a black or gray Chevy SS. Everyone on the street is convinced you bought a Malibu. Mm-hmm. And you know better. Get yourself True. the magnetic ride with the six speed manual. You will love that car anytime you get to drive it. That will be a fantastic road trip car. They are very fun doing anything. From 
daily driving to tracking. We've done all of the above in that car, and no one knows what it is. You park a Chevy SS and a Charger on the same block, the Charger stands out, the Chevy SS is a Malibu. It's kind of always a Malibu. Yes, which to is it. too bad, yeah. styling-wise. But on the flip side, if you want to go stealth, you cannot beat it. Okay, I like your ideas. I'm not fully convinced on the Z06, but I like. I'm I'm open. I hear you. I want you to have something. Wow, that Z06 has power. I do want that kind of power. Which I wish that kind it. of power on everybody. People, people. That's the thing about the Z06. In spite of our American original film, and in spite of all of you listening that know what a Z06 can do. I don't think that the average person looks at a C6 Z06 and realizes how earth-rending that power is. Once he fires it up, then people will know. Maybe. But like, I don't oh, think people oh. realize that that car is as powerful and capable as it is. I mean, that yeah, big seven-liter, that's a monster of a car. Hmm. Sam, you've had a 996. You've had a Mini Cooper S. Mm-hmm. That's not quite the spectrum of sacrifice, but that's a good that's kind a good of, range of enthusiast yeah, cars. Good yeah, good range. Yeah, I, yeah. I like that. I like that you've experienced both of these cars. And there's a car that is brand new. As a matter of fact, we mm. just drove it. It's part of a TV episode that I think you should oh, buy. Okay. Welcome to Stretch Dollars, my friend. Uh-oh. Just ignore the price of the card and focus on the monthly payments. <laughs> I know this is the opposite. Do of what you work at the dealer? Do you work at the dealer? I know this is the financial advice everybody tells you not to do. Yes, exactly. Like, oh, you want to buy a car? Never, never do that. Well, just buy one less coffee. It's only five dollars more a month. Yeah, yeah. Just let me let me go talk to the manager. See if we can do that number. Right. Which really means I need to pee. I'll be right back. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, yeah. I'm going to check Facebook again yeah. for the fiftieth time. <laughs> exactly. I'll be back. Have you seen this YouTube video? Oh wait, I was talking to the manager. He said that number's fine. Exactly. You know it's made up. It is the 2021 Mazda three turbo hatchback. Oh, look at you. You okay. can get hatch or sedan, 35000 all in. All in. Sure. You don't have to go that high. Sure, sure. All in. This has 250 horsepower, but it has 320 pound-feet of torque, specifically using 93 octane gas, which the Chicagoland area has to offer. Utah doesn't offer 93. We get point. 91. Yeah. I but- looked up. The the octane levels, mm-hmm. I found many stations with 93 octane. You could take advantage of this car. It I, What does it kick down to, like 300 or 310 with 87 or whatever? It'll still, do anything. Still not bad. It'll do anything. Yeah. This car is plenty powerful, and yes. it is it is an all-wheel drive system that is surprisingly available and ahead of you. The it rear wheels really are is. actually, like, involved. It's crazy. It really is surprising. It's great as a road trip car. It's just fun to drive. I see that. I see that. Interestingly, it only comes with an automatic transmission. Unfortunately, yes. You, you'd think that'd be a massive strike against it, and once you drive it, I think you'll be convinced. I'm I'm not an acolyte for automatic transmissions. I'm not saying, eh, no, but automatic's for everybody. It, it drives well. It this drives is the well choice they've made. It's not like, okay. oh, man, the automatic in this is a bummer. You really don't. We've driven those cars yes. where the, the manual transmission is good and the automatic is just like, why would you do this? Yes, yes. And this automatic, is it's still fun and good. Agreed. It's You get out and you think, wow, that's just satisfying. Yeah. It's yeah. got surprising power. That torque will help your mini and semi battle. There will be no battles. You'll be past the semi. You'll yeah. be gone. Yeah. And once you park it. It goes invisible. Yeah, if, unless he gets the soul red, which of course I would always get the, the soul, soul red. red but we're trying, but we're trying to yes. go stealth. But if you get it in a get it in that, white. that graphite gray that they make or whatever, you, <laughs> you know? gritted your teeth. That I, for I a little did. Bit, it was you? hard. I almost I couldn't saw say that because I said get it in the, and I followed it up with <laughs> a non color. But still, you gritted your teeth. I did. But, but that would that would just it would just 
blend in with the it street. Really would. Yeah. Everybody would think like, huh, your little econo box, whatever, with three hundred and twenty pound feet of torque yeah. on ninety three octane. It's good, dude. It's good. I like it. Fantastic. I think you would love it. Drives so well. Tech. It's new. Mm-hmm. Focus on the payments. Focus on the payments. <laughs> Look only at the payments. Stop drinking coffee. Yeah. We always get good questions for this podcast. Thank you guys for always submitting really good questions. What I find funny, though, is sometimes I look through the questions and I find five or six that are good. Sometimes I look through the questions like, well, there's like 20 here. <laughs> How do I get to This was a big day for sure. Yes, yes, indeed. Den16SB asked me if I had to take my Cayman through an automatic car wash. No touches allowed. <laughs> Which would I pick? Mr. Car Wash, the Blue Wave, the Quick Quack. None of them. I couldn't. No. It's like Scotch-Brite on your paint. No good. No good. I can't do it. Paul and I were on a text chain earlier this week, and I had to play to type. We were on a text chain earlier this week. (laughs) Mandy sends us a text of seeing a really filthy 992-911 right at the very cusp, right beginning to go into the tunnel of a brushed car wash. Yeah. And she just sent it. Just (laughs) just firebombed you and I with this photo just to see what we'd do. And, of course, you were horrified, and my comment was – that's a boring color. <laughs> I know. Because why not? Dark charcoal gray. Like, it's no! just it, just take it through the it's a car. Move on. Anyway, yeah. Jack. I, I couldn't. I know you couldn't. I I can't mm. <laughs> You can't even talk about it. I will admit though, the cheap sports car challenge that we're currently doing, mm-hmm. I have taken the Mercedes through the wash. Mm-hmm. I fully admit that there to you. Go. On the air. So so that is, the, that is the tipping point. It has to be a car under I, seven grand that you're just like, yeah, whatever. Yes, I did. And it was out of convenience and knowing that it's not my go-to special mm-hmm. baby car. <laughs> I did just admit that out loud. Did, did I ever tell you – did we ever talk about the transporter thing that happened? I forget if we did. I forget if we did. I think we did, but I have did to we? tell it again okay, now because fine. here is the other reason that Paul's willing to take this through a tunnel wash. It was already – yeah, it was already – deflowered if you know what i mean when your mercedes got delivered it got delivered late yeah okay and and we've had generally good experience with joanna and transports and that kind of stuff this was not one i'm just going to be very candid because joanna is a she's a booker and so the truck drivers vary and the person that brought your mercedes we didn't like um so they were late among many many other things they were late not just late they were over a week late. They were very late. Yeah. And, and, but, even, but they were even trying to get there right before you left, and then that even became late. So you actually were out of town. So I had to take delivery of the car. So here I am trying to put on my Paul hat and trying to think about what would Paul want to know about this car <laughs> when it fit. came up. Exactly. It doesn't fit at all. Uh, <laughs> right, right, so right. I, I head over to the gas station where they dropped this car off, and I'm walking up, and I can see the transporter. Yeah. And it's empty, which means he's already got it off the transporter. It was the last car off. Right. And then I notice that it's parked in the area where the big diesel trucks refill. And as I get closer, I realize he's not doing what I think he's doing, is he? The driver, I've never seen this before. By the way, to, to you truck transport guys, I've never seen anybody else do this. This was a one-off. He is standing there. He got out the sponge for the windshield on the like seven-foot pole you would use to, to wipe off the windshield of the big trucks. Mm-hmm. He, is, mm, <laughs> he is washing your car with it. He is doing oh. big swipes down the hood to clean the dust off this car as I approach. And it was all I could do to not channel you and take this poor person's head off. So I just walked up and interrupted him. I didn't, I didn't go off about it. I was just like, hi. And, of course, that meant, that meant he stopped. 
But I got photos, and I said to Paul, and I just said, sorry, but it's happened. Now, after uh. that happens, because by the way, when I grew up, this is my, how my dad quick-washed cars, too. I've seen this done. I didn't know oh, that. Oh, gosh, yes. We'd be, at the, we'd be at the gas station. What? He'd be cleaning the back window, then he'd just go into the back panel of the no, car and all that no, kind of no, this. No, oh, yeah, I grew up no, with this. No. So, yeah, so our paint was obviously always great. But once I saw this, I just thought, well, it's a good thing this car isn't special. I just imagined any car you were very excited about coming off and that happening was just horrifying. So after that... The tunnel wash doesn't look so bad for that Mercedes. It's probably feeling like it's a spa day. Gosh. What else? Uh, J.R. Schultz says, what automaker has the best chance of success in the U.S. Mm. that doesn't currently sell their cars here? But what automaker that doesn't like currently sell here do you want to start selling here? Same answer or different. I'm curious about the Stellantarians. Like Those are the employees <laughs> that work for Stellantis. The Stellantarians. Indeed. I'm Next curious. on Star Trek. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? I'm curious about their stated intent to bring Peugeot back to the States, Mm -hmm. back to the U.S., to North America, as a matter of fact. It's interesting to me because of where Peugeot is going as a brand. I think they're not recognizable from a stylistic standpoint. I think people would say, what is that? Is that Peugeot? Mm -hmm. What is this? I'm, I'm not sure there's enough character in Peugeot to stand out to North American buyers. Well, but see, Peugeot has always done quirky. See, because Peugeot is part of my answer here as well. I think they've always done quirky better than most. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that's the one I would like to see come here, but I think they would have a hard road. The one I think should come here, because I think they'd have an easy road, is Seat. Seat, but we've got, well, hmm. because Polos? Polos aren't sold here. Because they are the step down. Well, the Polo is still Volkswagen. But because they are the step down, they are the old. Let's be honest. The current Seat was the last round of Audis. So they are the step down, but you still get Volkswagen build quality. You get a lot of that styling. It's the alternative. And they look kind of like Volkswagen, kind of like Audis, but kind of like their own thing. I think Seats would do well here, except for the fact that everybody would pronounce it seat. In spite of that. I got a seat. I just bought a brand new seat. Wait, what? It's a car? What's going on? I don't think but, Skoda would be the right. I don't think. No, I don't right think. I don't think Skoda would work. But I do think Seat would work because Seat. I think it would be an easy entrance point for people that kind of like Volkswagens or almost want an Audi. Well, what I was thinking about is bringing the Polo and the Up instead of sure. Seat. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And just proliferate the models they already have. that yeah. Don't sell here. I Let's see just that. introduce them into sure, the market. Sure. See how they do. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you know, the business people don't really like the, let's just throw a rock into the lake and see if it works. Well, and the problem is that in this country, in the U.S., the the micro compacts do not do very well. They don't. And I think the we car company— We just don't buy them because we we're going to buy the new seven-seat uh, Grand Cherokee oh, yeah. instead of the up. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the thing here is there's not really a car company that builds a large SUV that doesn't already sell in North America. Mm, that's an interesting point. That's yeah. already here. That's yeah, already yeah. the buying market. We, we have those, yeah. The cars that we want to see that I think you and I can both agree absolutely on is Alpine cars. Oh, let's have the Alpine here. Yeah. Why not bring that over? That'd be so cool. That would be so cool. But yeah. It's not a five or six or seven passenger SUV though. So <laughs> what is a, this thing doing it's in a the sport. market? Well, look look at Alfa Romeo's difficulties with the 4C, which yeah. in spite of the fact they don't like it at the edge, it's a very good car to drive daily. It's a very good car to drive on a back road. And the 4C has not done well. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's that's definitely a hard one for sure. Travels with George J. Do you see this? It, it relates yes, to our I first did. car debate. He said, um, what's the proper response when a friend, 
Uh, I think the friend is it, there's backstory there. What a friend suggests an intervention over your car obsession, George. My my, my counterpoint here is, what's their thing? What's their thing? They have a thing. They have a thing. They Everyone have a, a thing. thing that yes. they have a hole by which they throw their money. Yes. A, a place that they just yes. you look at it and you just go. You really collect that many of those figurines? Whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but you see, <laughs> you see what I'm saying, though. Everybody has yeah. that thing that they throw yeah. money at, and you can't believe they just got another one. True. Okay. True. Everybody has it. Now, I realize that cars is a fairly high-dollar item just to do that find that, that pressure point, and you squeeze. But, but my question is, so you have that connection with cars. What is your friend's connection to whatever? Because mm-hmm. I'm sure from your perspective, you're going, you're spending an awful lot of money and time on that. And so make that equi- equivalence. I've had this discussion before, and I know this sounds very gender stereotypical, but it has been common in a lot of marriages where we've had discussions with men whose wives love either shoes or purses or whatever this thing is, and they have a collection where the husband's going, I don't get it. Yeah. yeah. But then the wife's going, why are you buying another car? True. And so we, ha- we, we kind of try to use that as a starting point for conversation where it's just like, look, yes, the cars are expensive, but it's similar to that thing you like buying a lot of. I think that's your conversation, George, but I would love to know what the story is on this quote-unquote friend and what their thing actually is. Figgy Mark asks, what are our favorite cars to spot in a ski area parking lot? Mm. His favorite so far was a solstice with the skis poking out of the passenger side window. I like that. Dedication. Well, you're about to see a Z4 and an SLK in this ski parking lot <laughs> yes. soon here. With the top all the way down and me yeah. wearing all my ski gear to the mountain. Yeah, yes. that is going to happen shortly. However, I've seen really nice older Audis, like mm. the 90s Audis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going, A, they still exist. B, it's in good condition. C, you drove it in the salt and the snow to the ski resort, yeah. and you're not worried about the dings because people walk between the cars mm-hmm. with their skis over their shoulder or, and or, inevitably yeah. ding a car. Of course they do, yeah. Now, I have seen Porsche 911s too, which always just warms me down to my toes. I just love seeing that. <laughs> if you saw that Singer rally car in a parking lot for the ski area, I don't think you'd leave the parking lot. We'd I find you and get it lunch, guy. still standing there looking at it with your skis over your shoulder. Yeah, I, I yeah, mean, yeah. I aspire to be that guy mm-hmm. that Drive, that owns that car and then has the skis on the roof with the roof rack. I, yes. Yes. That's so funny. M. Holdren asks, how do we prevent our moods on a given day from affecting our impressions of a car? Does it make it harder to compare cars on different days? Theoretically, yes. But what's best for us is to have a car for more than a day. Exactly. Yes. And so you just – because what I also find is you know, odd, when you do something else – and your and your brain is mostly doing something else, and you have an inspiration about a different thing. You, you're 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 blocked on a thought for work or whatever, and you go for a walk or you take a shower or whatever it is that is the thing where your brain is mostly doing something else, and then it hits on on a new thought. Right. I like. Right. Another sounds weird, but I like to do enough of a drive with a lot of these press cars that I'm doing like errands or something where my mind is on the errand, and then I'll realize something about the car. Sure. I'm like, wait a minute, sure. it does that. Yeah. Right. That's. Right. That's weird, or that's cool, or whatever, because I'm just using it in a normal way, and I stumble across something. That's the best stuff. We don't always get that time. Yeah. So sometimes, yeah. honestly, man, this sounds weird. We have to be an actor. We have to – because an actor shows up at work every day, and you may have had a terrible morning as an actor, but you now have to do a comedy scene. True. So True. sometimes we just have to buck up and be like, okay, I need to step past all of that, and I need to just find the part of me that loves cars, and I need to speak on it from there. But hopefully we've had more than one day to drive a car, so that kind of extra life stuff, we've, we've at least avoided it a bit. Yeah, agreed. TK Hockey 510 asks me if I love piano black trim from a design aspect mm. or hate it from a car interior detailing cleaning aspect. Yes. 
It looks great, you know, initially, but looks dirty even a day after you've cleaned it. You're absolutely right. I think we've gone through the phase. Are we over the phase of piano black mm. trim? Can we get mm. past it? Can we discover new materials? There's so many more on the planet. They, car companies have <laughs> color and trim and materials teams. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I've had it with the piano black. Even in small amounts, I'm just thinking in the showroom, in brochures, in photos, Looks great. Looks interesting. It's this hole of blackness. And the whole point is to float whatever is it's mm. surrounding to okay. float. Okay. That. That's the designer's intention is yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing they're showcasing the, the group of switches or the, you know, shift mm. lever or whatever it is, is floating in the sea of coal, the sea of black, pitch okay. black night sky. Interesting kind of thing. perspective. I see that. Okay. Okay, cool. So it, it amplifies that yeah. and it draws your eye to it. I, I like the thinking, <laughs> but don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't look at it. Don't breathe. Don't slam the door because it'll blow the dust right onto it. Yes. And you're screwed. Don't don't get in the car like we always do yes. where my son's amazing dog who has white hair that is the better than Velcro will invariably waft off of you onto everything, especially Piano Black. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I've had it with Piano Black. I'm ready to get past it. The cars that don't have it and are creating new materials, I love what Mercedes is doing. Their interiors just – they really do it for me. I love what Toyota's doing more. I love what a lot of car companies, Volvo is a great example. They're starting mm. to do different things. So I'm noticing that more and I like the creativity that's going, but you're absolutely right. Can we be past piano black? Uh, I just have to say this name on Instagram, Doc Evorkian drone rides. <laughs> I think cool I actually name. got that right. He's asking me, I, I mentioned kind of wanting a definitive, uh, 300 ZX Z32. And he said, I didn't mention what steering wheel orientation, Small rant I've mentioned before, I would never get a right-hand drive car version of a car that was sold here. I don't mm. see the point. If, if you want to get a Skyline, Skyline's the obvious one, you want to get a JDM car, a right-hand drive car that was never sold in this country, fine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I do not understand the I got a right-hand drive version of a car they actually sold here because you basically got a less usable version of a car you could have found otherwise. I don't get it. I would never get a right-hand drive. You're applying logic. I've seen some online. People are like, oh, I'm like, that one looks great. And there's right-hand drive. No, and I'm scrolling right past. Aaron Romer asks, I'm not sure what side of this you're on, Aaron. Convince me there's no better vehicle for a family of five than a minivan. Mm. I, I'm, I'm confused. Ezra Dyer, very good writer for a lot of car magazines. He and his family just got a minivan because he's kind of just caved and went, all right, we got a lot of kids. We need a minivan. Right. Uh, Aaron, I can't tell if you want a minivan and you want me to back your play or you really, really don't. And yet everyone around you is saying get one. It depends on usage. I will say this. We use them on shoots a lot. Mm -hmm. When mm -hmm. we go somewhere, we'll rent, we'll rent a production vehicle as well as the cars we're driving. Minivans are the king. The best thing about them, watch our Toyota Sienna piece on the Test Drive videos channel, yeah, okay? Yeah. The best thing about a minivan is just it is a rolling shipping container for you to fill. And if you have a family that has a lot of stuff and carries a lot of stuff regularly and you need ease of use and ease of entry, honestly, nothing tops the minivan. That, that is where it shines. And I don't care what SUV you bring to the market, nothing can touch it. Having you're, said that, right. having right. said that, yeah. there are plenty of really good seven seaters right now. So if you need five to seven seats and you still need some cargo space, the Telluride is excellent. The Tahoe and the Expeditions are very good. How much money do you have? Can you go up to the Escalades and the big boys like that? The, sure. th these kind of things are also very good. There are excellent SUVs that have the kind of space you're looking for. And if space is what you need, you can get a big SUV. Sure. If it's access... If it's huge open ports for which to throw family and gear, 
I'm sorry, but the minivan wins. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I was going to suggest the Toyota uh, Highlander. The Highlander is very good. Yes. Very good yes. for that kind of thing. But, you know, otherwise, those doors are handy. Luke F. writes to us, the Track Daily Crush SUV Edition, Mercedes-AMG GLC 43, Porsche Macan mm. GTS, and the Alfa Romeo Stelvio Quadrifoglio. Have not driven the Alfa. I'm mm, hard hard to say. The Alfa's striking me less. Of course, I'm German car snob. So yes, you are. I probably would. Ooh, I would. What would I do? I'd daily the Porsche. I'd track the daylights out of the Mercedes. Really? I would have thought you would have swapped yeah. those. Keep going. Yeah. Alfa, sorry. I, I'd have to let it go. But, you know... It might change once I drive it. We'll see. There's a there's a question here from Cars by Crabtree that reminded me of something I don't think I've ever shared on the podcast. He said, this is a random question. What's the ultimate national park cruiser? Would you drive through a national park, you don't go quick. Partially because you want to see stuff. And also because yes. there's probably an RV in front of you going walking pace. Matter of fact, we've just taken our cheap sports cars to, well, almost national parks. Actually, we yeah. did. So, uh Check out that. It was actually episode one. Mm-hmm. It was the Million Dollar Highway, even though that's not really a national park, but it, it's the same kind of thinking. In and out of national forests, lots of traffic, uh, yep. all kinds of stuff. So he's asking that question about traffic and RVs. And what's, what's the ultimate? He thinks it might be the Rolls-Royce Phantom Drop Top, which I have to say is a great choice. You just yeah. like sitting there in traffic and be still. But what this reminds me of is actually the best national park viewing experience I ever had was in the most unexpected thing ever. Okay. I had a buddy, you know him, Nate. Yeah. yeah we yeah. were in Yosemite. Yeah. This is years ago now. And he had an old, you can tell by the car, he had an old Ford Ranger pickup. Okay. And I just what? was like, okay, that's just kind of your car, whatever. But then I don't remember I don't remember who had the idea. And I'm not saying it was a great idea safety-wise. It was a great idea otherwise. <laughs> somebody had this idea, and we ended up doing laps of the valley floor of Yosemite where somebody would drive. And whoever was watching, you would lay down in the bed. Oh, funny. And the bed, because it was smaller, it was a Ford Ranger, the bed was just wide enough that if you laid down, you could put out your your limbs and you would kind of support yourself on the sides. But because you were in the middle of the truck bed, looking straight up, you couldn't see the sides of the bed. You guys did this? Oh, we all did this. Everybody got their chance. It was a. It was honestly one of the best ways I've ever seen Yosemite Valley, which is gorgeous anyway. But what happened is you were just seeing sky above you. But as they would drive along, the sky would rotate, and then you'd see trees come in, and then you would see these huge cliffs hovering above your right. head. It was the most amazing way I've ever seen Yosemite Valley. And it was, and you had no idea kind of where you were because it was just the world was pivoting, and you were in this suspended state. Old I would Ford Rangers. Never in a million years picked that description, but having done that, it was awesome. I love that. That's fantastic. Guys, thank you so much for all your questions. I always thank you, but you really always come through for us. We've got so much on our minds. We're really looking forward to 2021. Lots of ideas, lots of cars coming. Huge stuff. uh, Yeah, can't wait to share. Cheers, everyone. (laughs) 